I just want to give you a bit of an insight into this podcast. We're a bunch of unique individuals, Pucci and myself. We're going to engage you with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. And to speak from our heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right, and sometimes you're not going to agree with it. But that's okay, because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate. So if you want to come along for the ride, join in on the podcast. Welcome back to episode seven of Jack Pooch and Pals. I'm Jack Davy, And I'm Pooch Pazewski. And um, after a long break, we're back with uh, absolute superstar backman for West Coast Eagles, premiership player, Liam Duggan. Welcome. G'day, fellas. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for being on, mate. It's uh, good to have you here. Yeah, finally. Finally here after uh, half an hour of technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've made that it. I that holds up, I guess. Yeah, that Wi-Fi bubble's still going, mate, so uh, <laughs> that's on here. Might have to make it quick. <laughs> it's that three-hour delay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, so getting your playing for West Coast, but you were born in the marsh. Sure was. With a... Uh, <laughs> Another former guest for the podcast, Luke Dale. <laughs> Luke now, Dale. what was it? What was it like growing up in the marsh? Oh, it was it was good fun. Um, yeah, probably a bit similar to Bendigo fellas, but um, yeah, far enough away from Melbourne that we had sort of a you know outdoorsy, um, good fun times there with heaps of mates, and yeah, obviously Lukey Dell, who uh, I enjoyed his episode thoroughly. Um, was a, a good mate of mine growing up too. So, uh, yeah, a lot of my mates are still back there, and every ch- every chance I can, I'm straight back to the marsh and catch up on good old times. Um, yeah, great great spot to grow up. So, growing up in the marsh, you got to I don't know what primary school did you go to? I was at Saint Bernard's, um, Saint where Bernard's? senior 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 Delahay went actually. Senior Delahay, yeah, and then <laughs> um, and then. Year seven came came along and you went to St. Pat's in Ballarat. Is that right? Yep, correct. Uh, the football factory. Yeah, <laughs> churn them out there. <laughs> and uh, how was that experience? That's an all boys school, obviously. So yeah, we um, no, I was same thing really. A lot of my mates from the marsh. Um, you know, we went to school with some of them. Um, Lukey Dale's at a different school. We sort of came from a few different schools, but we all headed up to St. Pat's um, on the bus every day and um, yeah great school obviously wasn't wasn't there for um, for my footy early days we just mum and dad sent me there it was obviously a good school I had plenty of um, plenty of friends going and um, had heard good things from from older friends I suppose of the family and um, yeah it was a, a great school to, to be involved in and then as soon as you walk through the doors obviously um, being a bit of a, a footy nut um, Back then as well, it was yeah, it was pretty cool to see. Like watching the the first eighteen walk around the school was um was like royalty. So um, it was always a goal of mine to play uh, to play first eighteen footy at St Pat's, and um, obviously there was a fair bit of success that came out of um out of the school through the time I was there, and uh, much longer before I was there as well. So um, yeah, it's, it wasn't all about footy, but but it was for me too a bit when I went up there. Yeah, so you obviously said that. When you started going there, obviously it wasn't for football. When did it sort of uh, come more about football? 
when I was no good at maths. Um, but no, it was, I'd always loved my footy and, um, you know, it was a dream from when I was young to, to play at the top level. And, um, yeah, I was sort of – mum and dad were pretty good with me. They, they had a big emphasis on, on learning and, and um, school first and, and, you know, footy was um, fun on a weekend and um, Tuesday and Thursday nights. But, um, yeah, I suppose there's a couple of – um, I wouldn't say rocky sections in my footy career growing up, but just missed out on a couple of squads and whatnot and thought the dream was getting a bit further away. And then, yeah, a couple of things went my way in um, year nine, year 10. And that was sort of right before I was able to play in the first 18. And, um, yeah, then it started to to look a little bit more positive for me, I suppose, in, in making um, in making the draft and, and onto the AFL. Yeah, so part of, like a big part of, getting into the draft and making the AFL as um, what it was, was TAC Cup. So you played with Western Jets? Correct. Yep. 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 Uh, what, how old were you when you joined the program there? Um, so, yeah, we had programs from maybe under 15s, I reckon, um, starting off. So I would have been, yeah, 14 um, playing there. So that was about year, year eight, year nine. Um, just in, you know, they were sort of holiday comps, um, not really a season thing, but um, I suppose you know a few of us from from the marsh, a couple of my mates, and uh, we're all on the on the radar, I suppose, as as you know, fourteen year olds to go and play at Western Jets, which was good, uh, good learning experience. But then it, it yeah, obviously got a little bit more serious towards the under sixteens, and then obviously the under eighteens was another step up again. And um, yeah, that was when it sort of got a bit more serious at probably sixteen. Um, got lucky with a couple of a uh, couple of squads that I made. Um, I was a I was a late into the Vic Metro side in under 16s, and um, from there I was uh, I'm not sure how, but someone saw something in me and, and picked me for the for the AOS squad, which was um, yeah I basically went from thinking I was going to be playing at Back Smash for the rest of the season to um, you know to to travelling overseas with with the AOS squad, so it turned pretty quickly for me at about 16, and, and that's when it sort of started to get a bit more serious. So. Yeah. You obviously said you were travelling with the AIS squad. Give us a bit more of an insight into that, if you can. Yeah, so that was um, that was a really good program, um, and probably a yeah big one for me in in the fact that I got to travel, um, meet another group of blokes and um, young blokes that sort of all had the same goal and were going through the same things that that I was going through and. Um, or the, the same experiences, I suppose. So it was it was a good bunch of group uh, blokes to to be able to share that with, and um, yeah, we got to see the world really. We like, we got travel to Europe, um, New Zealand. We actually spent some time at the AOS headquarters in Canberra, and um, when it was part of the, the AOS, obviously, and um, yeah, it was a great experience. So what they tried to do there was um, when we'd go into camp, which was probably three or four times a year, we'd. Um, well, they try and model the week that we were in camp on what it would be like in an AFL club. It was obviously a bit hard in, in England. Um, but, uh, yeah, when, when we did our um, Australian camps and New Zealand camps, it was sort of what a, what a week would look like in the AFL, which was, um, which was a great learning curve for us. But, yeah, definitely an experience that, um, that was beneficial to me moving up, um, up the ranks. Yeah, so um, at Western Jets in your last year, so draft year, you skipped the team? Uh, I no, I didn't skip the team. Nah, no. Nah. I had um, Lee McMahon was our skipper, one of the boys from from the Western Suburbs. So, um, yeah, he was our skipper that year. Yep. Um, 
And what other AFL players did you actually come through Western Jets with? Yeah, we had a we had a good group um, in my couple of years, which was um, which was handy. So we we had um, I suppose well, in my first year of of Jets um, as the as the bottom major, um, James Sicily um, was playing above us, and also Brett Bewley, who took five or six years um, to to make it to the AFL, but he uh, he worked his way through and. Credit to him because he he's been a great player at Williamstown for for many years and um, got a chance at Frio. So he was a he was a fellow from the Marsh as well. Uh, played at Darley with with Luke Dell, but um, yeah, he got to go. So he, they were in that team, and then um, yeah, we had about five boys my my age the next year. So um, Brenton Payne and Dylan Rainbow, both Marsh boys again, and then um, Corey Ellis and Jaden Laverde um, went across as well, and actually Connor Menager too. So that's six, yeah. From our year, um, and and a couple of good blokes that went on to play VFL and have had some success there as well. So it was a pretty handy group. So throwing it back to your younger days, yep. you were athletics down in the marsh. I was. Yep. I believe I've been told and informed that you still hold records down there. Apparently. Oh yeah, I, I haven't seen them for a long time, but I I, I had a couple. Uh, they're still standing. I'd be very surprised, but um, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome if they were. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one day. no, I got no clue. <laughs> all, I know, all I know is that you weren't the fastest in the relay team. I've been told. No, I wasn't. I wasn't the third fastest. I, I think I was probably the slowest uh, for pace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I held records in the hurdles, um, <laughs> and may, maybe some triple jump or something like that. But yeah, I couldn't. Anything that required just running <laughs> wasn't great. Lukey Dale was, was the man to speak to there, uh, as he would have told you, no doubt. Um, yeah, yeah, but many of the time. Yeah, yeah little ass. Was, it was good fun, um, but wasn't my, yeah, it, I, I was okay at it. It wasn't my strong point. I was never never real quick, so um, got found out later on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, growing up, you went for the Bulldogs? I did, yeah, avid Bulldog supporters we were. Has that changed since, or? Yes, it has, um, for reasons um, that are quite obvious. But yeah, we we were huge doggy supporters. That was um, early days, especially. We were we were there every opportunity. Um, yeah, we, we were members at the club and and loved the doggy. So most of my extended family are are all bulldog supporters as well. So we're um, we're a big doggies family. Mum and dad from the west. So um, that's how that all came about. And then I write in saying that in your bottom age Tat Cup year that you actually went and trained with the Bulldogs? Correct, yes. That was another thing that I didn't mention before. Yeah, we, we got some exposure to, to AFL clubs as well through that program. So um, I spent a week there at the Doggies, um, yeah, which was awesome. So that was kind of uh, blokes I'd grown up um, watching and, and loving, I suppose, uh, watching them play. And yeah, all of a sudden I'm, I'm thrown into a, a match simulation drill and um, rubbing shoulders with them, so that was that was pretty eye-opening at, at uh, 16. It was good fun, or 17 maybe by then, but um, yeah, that was definitely a, a great experience for me. And obviously, football's taken up a fair bit of your time as a, as a kid, I guess. Did you ever have like a first job or anything? <laughs> no, I didn't, mate. I worked two shifts at the local pub um, washing dishes, and that was just to fill in for mates that couldn't make it. Um, so I, I've never, I'm one of those guys and I'm uh, not that proud to say it that I've never had a, a part-time job or anything like that. Um, 
footy did take up a lot of time, but there was plenty of blokes that, that had a part-time job too. But I guess I've got mum and dad to thank for that in um, allowing <laughs> me just to, to focus on footy and pay my way. But, um, yeah, I never had a part-time job, mate, so I don't know what it's like. <laughs> so, like, a successful team in terms of players getting drafted with the Jets, um, do you believe, so as it was back then, the TAC Cup, do you think that that was a sufficient under-18s program for juniors coming through the ranks? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I think it's, yeah, I, I reckon it's it's awesome. Um, it was a, a great competition, just um, first and foremost. like the, the quality of footy, I, I think, is is really high um, for underage footy and um, the programs that they set, uh, you know, are, are pretty professional, um, but they they don't take away from your schooling or anything like that. The, the one difference with, um, with myself and Luke and a couple of the boys that were traveling from Ballarat to, to Melbourne, basically three nights a week um, in preseason that, that got a little bit taxing um, for, for studies. And then not that I was all that interested in, in studies, but I tried to have a crack and um, yeah, but it's it, definitely a good program, I think. And I don't, I'm not sure if it's changed any, I'm, I'm, Sure, it's still quite similar, but um, yeah, I think a good program for for young blokes to um to launch at an AFL career, or even you know, if it's not back to local footy, it's um it's still a great experience. Um, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So tack up along with like you were saying the Vic Metro. What was um the national carnival like playing in that? Yeah, the national carnival was good. It's sort of hard to remember it now, the under eighteen one, because it's a little bit different. You obviously play. Uh, weekly or every second week or something like that so it's not so much of like a um, pack up and you're on the road for a week or two and you're playing you know five games in or three games four games in that time so um definitely a yeah another another level i suppose on tack cup footy um and you know it was just a good feeling being able to play for victoria i suppose um you hear all the you know coming through you hear everyone talk about that state of origin footy and, and representing your, your state and all that. And I suppose that was our way of being able to do that at a junior level. And um, yeah, another good experience. And, um, you know, obviously plenty of mates um, from Western Jets, but some good friendships built from other TAC Cup clubs as well through Vic Metro. So that was another positive for me out of that experience. And going back to your TAC Cup, a statistic that I've found is that oh, look out. In, for the Western Jets, in a win, you would average twenty nine and a half disposals. You know, in a win. <laughs> yeah, in a win, but then in a loss, you only average fourteen and a half. Fourteen, <laughs> jeez. Uh, yeah, right. Look, that might be. Um, I don't know how that makes me look. A front runner, possibly. Um, oh well, if you're in a winning squad, I guess, then you'll be alright. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we didn't lose too much that year, but yeah. No, that's. Uh, I did. I did enjoy a couple of good games at the Jets, I suppose. I, I had plenty of time in the midfield, though, which I was, uh, yeah, I was grateful for at the time because that, um, that was where the, all the action is, obviously. And um, now I'm down in the back pocket, so I enjoyed it while I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so touching on that, preparing for the draft, um, so you played majority of the year under-18s as a mid? Yes, yep, correct. Yep. Um, so... When you did get drafted and when clubs were talking to you, like pre-draft, were they were the intentions to play you as a mid at AFL level? 
Yeah, they were. So when um, yeah, when it started getting a little bit closer to the draft and, and clubs sort of you know really start showing their interest in players, um, yeah, I, I got a little bit of interest um, from some clubs and yeah, the, the midfield thing was I think where um, most clubs saw me playing. Um, definitely West Coast, um, obviously because I was able to to chat in a bit more depth with them um, come draft night. But uh, yeah, so I, I was drafted as a midfielder. Although my draft combine group was. Um, I think it was called a medium defender or hybrid defender or something like that it was called. So even though I was in that group, um, yeah, there was sort of scope for me to play as a midfielder. So um, as far as I know, but yeah, once I got to West Coast, it was sort of back line was almost the, the last choice um, out of the three positions, I suppose. Um, and yeah, that's where I've ended up. So I had a crack at forward and mid um, probably twice now. I've had a crack at both of those and, every time I've ended up in the back line. So uh, maybe it's just one of those ones that's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. So also some digging up I've done on your draft profile. Uh, pretty big wraps on you. So you're touted as a future captain coming into the system and compared to Nick Del Santo and Robbie Flower. How do you reckon those comparisons fare? Uh, yeah, I was... Yeah, I, I remember sort of hearing a, a few of those things, um, and yeah, it's obviously nice to hear. I, I don't know if I've um, in my was well, my sixth year in the system. I'm not sure I've uh, reached those heights that um, some are expecting. There's, there's time, but I've got a bit of work to do, I think. Um, but yeah, oh, it's obviously it's nice to hear it. But um, yeah, I think it's sort of you don't want to get too caught up in it, I suppose, and, and expect too much from yourself with those sort of. Uh, Hearing those things coming into it because um, yeah, it's a whole another whole another ball game once you're actually in there and and um, finding your way. So uh, yeah, it's it's all obviously nice to hear and uh, but I'm sort of letting it take its take care of itself and see how it all pans out for me. Um, yeah, so I'm not. It's obviously yeah, great to hear that sort of stuff and it's I suppose it encourages you a little bit to you know to get out there and um, sort of play a bit like the way those blokes played. Obviously uh, both pretty well-known legends of the game and um, I'm still sort of, uh, yeah, lacing up the best players' boots, but um, all in good time, hopefully. So you went at pick 11 in the 2014 draft, correct? Um, Yep. Was there any clubs that didn't really show any interest in you? Like going at pick 11, like pretty pretty early on. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard sort of because obviously – yeah, no one really knows who's going to be where and they've all got a rough idea of um, what clubs want and who they think will go and they've got their sort of mock draft ready to go, uh, most clubs. But yeah, there wasn't anyone that uh, there wasn't anyone that said yes, definitely. Um, there wasn't anyone that said no, uh, you know, we're not considering it sort of thing. So I was still up in the air right until, um, right until I suppose, yeah, I was, I was named. But I thought from, from what I'd heard, I'd, and, and some feedback I was getting, I thought from eight to you know to thirty was a good chance, um, and that was a feedback on the night just before I walked in the doors. So um, it was it was nice to only wait until eleven um, rather than sort of sitting and and waiting a bit longer and and just letting the nerves build. But um, yeah, West Coast did did show a fair bit of interest, so um, I wasn't overly surprised uh, when they selected because I, I did think they they showed a bit more interest than, than some other clubs. So current um, debate topic among the AFL is the current draft age 
Um, yep. Some former greats are calling for it to get lifted to 20. Do you think – so you, you got drafted as a 17 or an 18-year-old? Yeah, so I, I was – in my 18th year, I was still 17 only because I'm December born. So, um, yeah, I, I was only, you know, two weeks off being 18. Yep. Yeah, yep. So do you feel like at that age getting drafted, the transition into AFL was smooth? Yeah, definitely. I, I um, yeah, I sort of haven't really thought too hard about this one. I've been asked it a couple of weeks ago, but it's um, yeah, something I, I found you know okay. It was obviously tough, but I think it's tough at any age to um, you know, to not that it was unexpectedly, unexpectedly, but you know, there was a good chance that I did stay in Victoria as well, or, or a bit closer to home. But um, you know, the, the way it panned out, I ended up in West Coast, and as an eighteen-year-old, it was a bit daunting. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong, but it was yeah something that I I don't think needs to be changed too drastically. Um, you know, I found it fine, and I'm sure plenty of other blokes do. And it, it's an extra two years in an AFL system. There's sort of no um, there's no other of way of simulating an AFL system than actually being in there. Um, but yeah, if it was 19 or 20, I, you know, I'm sure it's got its benefits. It's never been done before. Um, you know, obviously mature age picks can be taken, um, but Changing the the overall draft age, I'm not sure how that would how that would sit really. Um, you know, I'm sure it'd be fine, but gives bikes a chance to to do things outside of footy, and, and once they finish school as well, I, I get that part too. But um, yeah, for me, the transition was was smooth enough and and gave me a good chance, and and I was lucky enough to to play in in my first year of AFL. So um, you know that that's an experience that I get a year before or two years before a 19 or 20 year old. Um, which I suppose is a positive for, for the 18-year-old argument. Yeah, for sure. And um, so packing up ship and moving across the country, um, did you room with anyone when you got to WA? Yeah, just for a few nights. So, so I um, arrived to WA and, and the staff from West Coast picked me up and took me to um, Shannon Hearn. Uh, he was actually at his host parents' place that he stayed with years before. So um, I sort of yeah walked in their door and, and met you know, six or seven people straight away, which was a good feeling. And then um, stayed with him for a few nights and then moved in with a host family uh, the week after that. So, um, and they, I stayed with them for two and a half years and um, still very close with them today. And yeah, they were a great support for, for helping me settle into the life over here as well. Yeah. And so it would obviously get hard being so far away from home, but um, I guess, were there good support networks set up for you to cope with that? Yeah, definitely. The oh yeah, it, it did suck being away from home. There's no doubt about that. There's um, you know, it was sort of hard on a Saturday night, and um, you know, you get on the socials and you're seeing all your mates all hanging out together and think, oh, geez, I'm just sitting in my bed, don't really know anyone, and not having that much fun. Um, but the way that uh, I can only speak for West Coast, obviously, but the way that they've set up transitioning um, blokes from the interstate is awesome. So, yeah, the, the host family setup is uh, an option, an option I'd recommend um, for blokes coming over. And, yeah, that, that was awesome for me. But the club in, in general were, were really good in making me feel welcome, my family feel welcome when they came over, um, keeping them in the loop with everything going on um, from over here as well. So, um, yeah, we're, we're a big, powerful club, and, and I think that helps in, in the way that they – approach um transitioning us into to life over here yeah yeah and yeah like you were saying you were got some footy in your first year and 
from checking the stats pretty much every year since you first you played, like built on the amount of games you played in the previous year. Um, so you didn't really spend too much time playing in the waffle? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I did. I was lucky. Um, there's a few of us first-year players actually in, in that year to, to debut. And, um, yeah, two of them were in round one. I was in round two. So they got us in early as well, which was which was awesome um, and unexpected, obviously. But, yeah, it's sort of it's slowly built. Um, there's been a few little injuries here and there that um, have stopped me, but never really um, kept me out for too long. Yeah, form was a little issue um, in my second year. Um, I think I managed a couple more games in my first year, but, yeah, probably didn't have it. Probably had the second-year blues, as they say. Um, I was a victim. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's yeah been able to build on that mostly and um, – yeah, it's been, it's been good. Like, the club have been great in, in backing me in and um, giving me the opportunity. So, um, yeah, I've played every position and played a few waffle games as well. Probably played 15 or so waffle games, maybe a couple more. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's a great competition to be involved in as well, obviously, with East Perth previously. And now we've got our own waffle side. So, um, yeah, great competition to play in as well. I haven't played too many games there, but um, that, was a, that was a good Good place to start, really. I played a few games before my first AFL game, which was which was got me used to the, the bigger bodies um, pretty quickly. And uh, as every player sort of endures, injuries come come along, I guess. And you've had your well, you've sort of had a fair extent of them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, go on. You're right. You go. Oh yeah, I, I'm asking the question and answering it. Um, yeah, no, I, I have. I've had. I've probably had one a year that's maybe let me miss a couple of games or uh, first year was a knee and um, second year was probably more form than anything. Had a couple of little hiccups with the calf and um, yeah, had an ankle last year. So there's been, there's been some, n- never too heavy, um, all sort of recoverable without surgery. I've had a little clean up on my knee before, but um, yeah, there's, there's, Oh, it just comes with footy. I've been lucky, really, compared to most blokes. Like, there's some blokes in our team that would have had 20 surgeries and they're, they're not even finished yet. So, um, yeah, it's it's something that just comes with it. But I've been lucky to scrape through without too many major ones. But, yeah, I've probably had – I've had enough little ones um, without – yeah, touch wood, I don't have any major ones. Yeah, hopefully. Um so, as you know, well, you, you might know if you watch Netflix at the moment, there's a TV series going around called The Last Dance that stars Michael Jordan. Yes, I'm aware, yep. Um, and in last night's episode, they sort of explored how social media, well, not social media, but uh, reporters and such can uh, have, an, have an impact on a, on a basketball player. Is it sort of the same in the AFL? Um, yeah, I, was, I haven't watched last night's episode, but, um, yeah, I suppose, well, for me, it's, it's not really, uh, I'm a little fish, uh, I suppose compared to Michael Jordan, but yeah, definitely like the, the media, um, I suppose spectacle around footy and it's probably the biggest sport in Australia and you know, what, what a lot of people want to hear about. Um, so the media have their obligations to, to bring that to the public and, and whatnot, but, um, yeah, it's probably, you know, you probably see AFL footballers get interviewed and it's a lot of straight bat stuff um, because, you know, you sort of uh, don't want to get yourself into any trouble or anything like that with, with stuff you say. So um, I'm not sure in terms of changing a person or how you go, but I'm assuming in Michael Jordan's case, you know, 
anywhere he went, whenever he left the, the house, the camera was clicking. Um, it's a bit like I've been spending a bit of time training with Nick Nat at the moment in our pairs. And, um, you know, he's just, people just want to see him. They just want to meet him, photos with him, um, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, they're, they're the blokes that I suppose people are, are looking to, to hear from and see. So they, they cop all this attention that sometimes they might not want, but, um, yeah, they receive it anyway. So it's, it's a big part of the game and, and we need it. Um, yeah, but hopefully it, it doesn't change who you are. Yeah. Um, so with two years ago, coming into the 2018 season, um, you were tipped from, I believe it was David King, that West Coast would win the spoon that year. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> So we all know what happened come the end of that year. Internally, leading into the season, what were the expectations as a group? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, we were written off a little bit outside um, externally. So that end of 2017, we lost like five blows, maybe a thousand games of AFL footy that we lost in experience um, through retirees. Uh, but yeah, the internal one, I think um, Simo's been really good He's been the coach the whole time I've been there, and um, it's yeah, it's always about blocking out what what other people are saying. And the belief's always been there since since I've been at the club is to you know we know we're doing the right thing and we can back ourselves in and and go for it. And we kind of like when um, you know there's not too much expectation externally on us, so that probably helped that year a little bit just to to take the weights off and um, just to let loose a little bit. I think we lost our first game and then won maybe ten on the trot or something like that, and um, set ourselves up for a big year. So, yeah, internally, we were all sweet. We were all we're pretty happy, and it's hard. You can, you can hear what's going on outside, but um, the attitude the boys took that year was was pretty good to, to be able to block that out and just let loose. So, 2018, you obviously won the grand final, and I think it was 2015 was your first year at the club. Yes. And West Coast made the grand final that year. And lost to Hawthorne, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, got a touch up, yep. Um, what was it like just being around that club? Like, obviously, they've been to a grand final and most of the players that played in the 2018 one played, would have played in the 2015 one. What yep. was it like just around the club at that time? Yeah, it was huge. It was um, that week, that knee injury I spoke about, I'd actually um, got out of my knee brace that week. So I was um, doing my first walk jog um, at the open session before we left for Melbourne and there was you know maybe 10,000 8,000 people there I'm not sure how many but uh, it was absolutely buzzing the whole place was um, just electric and uh, it was great to have that experience now even though it was from afar and um, we pretty much just went over to Melbourne and had a good time for the blokes that weren't playing um, and, and watched the boys play but um, you're definitely you're still a, definitely a part of it it's probably the best thing I'd realised like we um, you feel like you can't do much when you're not playing, but full club effort. Um, and definitely 2015 was a good good reminder of that when we came to 2018 to just to realise how to handle it. And the boys that did play and experienced the whole um, parade and stuff like that, they just knew what to do now. And um, I think it was a much more mature um, approach to, to the 2018 grand final, which probably helped us settle. You know, we, we started poorly, obviously, and... Um, I think the maturity of the group that we built from 2015 probably helped us get over the line there. Yeah, so like you said, Collingwood 
come out the blocks fast. So you're going into a quarter time down five odd goals. Does the group then was there any signs that it was um you know, a bit of a flashback to twenty fifteen? Or did Simo just try his best to get the group back on track and focus on the rest of the game? Yeah, it's a good one because we, yeah, like the five goals that straight away, like, yeah, I've heard blokes talk about it and uh, blokes that played, obviously, and, and we're like, oh, no, here we go again. Um, what's happened? Like, how, how, we've done it once more. But, um, yeah, I think we got two goals really late in the first quarter and it just helped settle so much um, uncertainty, I suppose. Like, if we went, if we did go into to quarter time and we were five down, like that's a it's a long way back. But we got two on the board real late, and one was a fluke goal that Willie just backheeled in accidentally, um, and that just helped settle everyone. So we came in at quarter time actually pretty pretty good up top. Like we were feeling all right, and um, Simo was really good. He said, "All right, that park that. Like what's happened? We've got two goals on the board. We're not that far behind anymore." Um, and we obviously knew it'd be slow going to get back up to speed, but um, yeah, I think. It was a good feeling amongst the group. I think those two goals really helped. If we hadn't kicked those, then, um, you know, it could have been a completely different story, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And um, being a Collingwood supporter, I hate talking about it. But um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were there any moments for you during the game where it was like a surreal feeling or you felt like, yeah, this is the turning point, like we're getting on top now? Yeah, I reckon... Um, it's so hard to remember the feelings throughout the game, but that last quarter, all I remember thinking um, was one, I was I was uh, dacking my pants because Steel Sidebottom decided to place himself forward and um, and I just happened to be on him for a lot of the last quarter and I just thought, geez, if this comes out here, it's it's me and him, uh, or him and I are out here alone. Uh, it's a genuine one-on-one if it comes near us. And I was getting a bit nervous about that, but the boys, we had it in our forward 50 for most of that quarter. Um, and I just thought we just all we need to do is kick straight here. Like we kept marking it, um, they couldn't get it out. It kept coming back in, and yeah, I was just like, we're we're, we're going to kick it. Um, it's just a matter of time. Like if we if we've got enough time, but um, yeah, once Dom marked that ball, I was actually running off to get to the bench to get Shannon Hearn back on. So I got to the bench to see how long was left, and um, obviously Dom put the goal through, and I started getting pretty excited, thinking, "Geez, this is you know." This is pretty good. If we get this center clearance, like we're a good chance here, um, and we did, and that was probably the that was the one point that's like vivid in my memory is is um is that that goal going through and seeing the the clock is probably um is probably the biggest thing for me in the turning point. Obviously, it was right at the last minute, but um yeah, that was a big moment. So obviously, you just touched on a big moment in the game. Um, my biggest moment in the game was involving you. Um, I'm going to play a bit of audio. I don't know if we'll be able to hear it, but we'll give it a shot. Just give it a listen. Could you hear that? I did, mate. Yep. Well done there. That's, that's good producing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's what I do best. Um, <laughs> so that was obviously my biggest moment. Do you remember it Thanks, at all? Uh, I do, yeah. Like, Again, pretty briefly, like it's sort of vague, but uh, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember it, but first quarter, I, I had the wobbly knees as well, a bit like the rest of the group, and a bit like Tommy. Um, yeah, a bit like Cole. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they were that wobbly. Oh. Um, no, that was funny looking back at that now, but yeah, um, 
I just thought second quarter, you know, I sort of came into my game a little bit more. And, yeah, I suppose you, you take moments like that where there's your chance to, to do something, I suppose, for the team. Um, and, yeah, that was probably – that was my one and I was like, I have to take it. So, um, yeah, I went for it. But I, I think, um, yeah, I think Mason looked after me a little bit there. He probably could have uh, – Probably could have put the big Texan knee through me and um, and hurt me a little bit, but um, yeah, that was uh, that was probably for me. That was yeah, that was probably my ter- the turning point for my game. Really, it sort of made me feel like I was a part of it then, and um, and, and and back into it. So yeah, and um, obviously siren goes and you shit your pants a little bit. The siren for the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, I don't actually know what I did um, at the end of the game. It was, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Don't know, they don't even know where I headed. There's no vision of me either, so I was hiding somewhere, probably amongst all the boys. But um, yeah, it was a pretty good feeling. And yeah, so talk us through after the game what what actually went on, like. Yeah, uh, what did we do? So we had we had a lot of time back at the back in the rooms, and obviously we um, the lap of honour and um, get to see some family and friends, and it was good, really good fun doing that. Like that's something that you watch blokes do, and you're like, "Geez, that'd be awesome to to do one day." And um, so tried to soak that all in, and went downstairs, did all what we had to do, sign a few jumpers, um, premiership jumpers, and. And all that sort of stuff back out on stage, but then yeah, we we go to a big function. So even when we lost, um, we have a big function that the club put on, and uh, we were at the we were at Crown or the Exhibition Centre. I can't remember where Crown. I think we were, and um, yeah, it's a big function with with family and friends and all the and all the club that, that are over there. And um, from then on, the, the yeah, you sort of start getting a little bit rowdy, and the party just kicks on a bit further. So um, it was a good night, and everyone, you know. Everyone sort of got on the plane the next day and was no worries. So it was, you know, it wasn't like a, there was no stories that came out of it, which was nice. It, that would have put a dampener on it. So the boys handled themselves really well and just enjoyed the win for what it was and spending time together afterwards. So, um, yeah, but it was a, a pretty good party later on. And as like, if you win a flag for most country footy clubs, you sort of go on a footy trip. Did you guys happen to go on one? Uh, 28. Yeah, we did. Yep, we went to Hong Kong. So and that was, um, who was best on? Uh, best on was oh, probably Scotty Lysett. Yeah, so he yeah ran a mark. Then he then he left us. Yeah, he, he ran a bit of a muck through the streets of, of the Kong there. Um, but he's good, good, very good value, Scotty. Um, and obviously at Port Adelaide now going pretty well. But yeah, he was um, he was good. I think he wore his. Uh, it's a pretty well publicised, but I think he wore his footy boots on the way home, maybe. Um, on the plane, like he just he was a bit of a he, he was probably a little bit lost the next day um, from from his celebrations. But yeah, everyone everyone enjoyed being around him because he was he was good fun. So um, yeah, good bond that we all share now, I suppose, through through that game. Yeah. So then um, coming back into the club the following year, all the grand finalists come in and have a shorter preseason than every other club. Yep. Yep, and. Um, it's got to be tough trying to back up a premiership win. So what was the, the build into the 2019 season? Yeah, it's, uh, it was a different feeling, that's for sure. I suppose, um, you know, every year 
you're trying to chase the premiers kind of thing. Like you come in with a bit of a, uh, you know, this is what they did. Um, this is how they got so good, especially if there's a big mover like the Bulldogs, um, big movers from, from years before, and then they won theirs in 2016. It's like, well, what did they do? Um, bit the same with Richmond the next year. And then all of a sudden it's us and we're like, oh, geez, like everyone's, we're, we're the hunted now. So um, boys had a pretty good attitude, I think, in the preseason and, and leading into the season. And we did, did okay last season too. We we're happy enough, but obviously you're never happy, especially after you've won one. You're, just, you're hungry for another. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a bit disappointing to finish in the semi-final last year because you're, expect- well, you're not expecting it, but you're, you're used to winning a grand final, I suppose, the year before. So um, disappointing way to end. But, yeah, the boys' outlook was pretty good coming into the preseason. It's obviously um, there's talk of blokes being like, oh, we've won one, we've done our job. But I don't think that was really the feel amongst our group. I think it was all in all pretty pretty decent and everyone wanted to have another crack at it. And through the 2019 season, you obviously had a injury-interrupted season. But you still managed to play 15 games and average the 16 disposals. Um, but then towards the end of the season, you got dropped for the first week of finals. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was. What was the yeah? What was that like? I guess. Yeah, that was um not ideal, I suppose. I I was um yeah I had a syndesmosis injury that I did um you know getting to to like halfway through the year, but getting a bit more towards the back end, and um it was going to be a bit tight for my return, so um I played a game. I tried to come back a bit earlier and, and re or sort of re-aggravated my injury. Um, and then that put me out for another couple. And then, then it was starting to get tight for the end of the season and went and played a game in the wet with, um, with our waffle side. Um, and it was a shocking, shocking day for footy. Uh, but my ankle held up, got through and yeah, got selected for the Hawthorne game and um, felt out of touch. And you could tell I was out of touch. I didn't play the way I would have liked to play. We lost the game. Um, and I, I just didn't do what I needed to do that day. And um, yeah, Simo, Simo was pretty honest with me. He just said, "Oh, mate, you probably, you know, probably need a couple more games just to get back to your to your best and feeling right and stuff like that." And um, you can't afford to sort of take someone into a final that you know probably needs a couple more games to get right. So that, and that's that's how it is. That's how footy works, especially at the the elite level. And I understood that, so it was probably for the better that a um, you know a bloke that is in more form and and going well is is playing so that's how that was handled and um you know disappointing for me but that's that's the way it is and I understood that so it was it was handled well by Simo and and you know I sort of knew what was what was needed from me um especially if we had to kept playing you know I was still the chance so I was on my toes still yeah yep and um see like a thing that happens across I guess any sport or just in general life if someone gets in a rut of like injuries or yes in AFL can't find form um well publicized it's finally getting its media time that it deserves is a mental health illness um what's the like what's the support and education like from AFL and uh, West Coast um yeah mate it's huge that's that's a really big part of it now probably the biggest part i suppose that um the AFL and the, and um you know our our association and the clubs are working towards and and putting time and effort into so yeah it's it's big because as you said before with with the media side of things like everything we do is public everyone has a a say on um 
you know how we're performing our job and and that's 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 fine that's how it is that's um that's what why we do it sort of thing for the fans but when we're not going well um you know it's it's it, it, it's publicized really so um it's it's big for us at the moment in the game and and there's plenty of uh connections and places to go if if you do need it so um i think that's across the board now in, in um in a bit more of a public sense as well um it, it's just it's not sort of frowned upon anymore. Not that it was frowned upon, but it was just not spoken about, like you said. So it is getting its time and um, and the effort that put in that it needs, I reckon. And, and yeah, the AFL, I think, is a leader a bit in, in how, they, how they've gone about it. And uh, people obviously, obviously forget that you're just human like the rest of us. Um, is there anything you do outside of football? Like some people go to uni, etc. What do you do? Yep, so I do I do a tiny bit of study on the side, um, just with some agricultural stuff, and then also with that I tie in a little bit of work experience or sort of um, exposure, I would call it, um, to to the ag industry, which has been really good through um, Nutrient, who was formerly Landmark. So um, yeah, that that's my sort of I suppose um, personal development outside of footy. Um, I love getting out into the bush, and um, I've got a four wheel drive all the gear and no idea and um, okay. I sort of take that down some dirt tracks and crush some gutters. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of I just like being outdoors really. So it makes it a little bit hard when we're travelling and you're tired from footy. But during this current climate, I suppose, I've been able to sort of take off, um, you know, we're only half an hour from the bush here in Perth City. So um, just take off out there and have a, have a wander around and stuff like that. So I, I just enjoy being outdoors really. And uh, you wouldn't wouldn't be interested in uh, live streaming COD as a opportunity in the future? No, you haven't, you haven't played me in COD before. Well, you've seen what I can do at FIFA. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard to watch. No, yeah. Um, so no, I probably won't be streaming uh, my gaming career. Um, the only reason I bought a console is to talk to blokes like you. Um, that can help me through it, but I can talk a bit of smack with and <laughs> catch up on old times. That's all I'm there for. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, it's good fun. Yeah, so like you were saying, um, current climate with the isolation with COVID, um, you're doing any, you were saying with the knickknack, you're doing some training. What's that like? Yeah, it's uh, it's been different um, with obviously, yeah, training in pairs and um and hopefully soon we're training in a, in a bit larger groups, but um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's sort of um, it's got it's got a bit of an off season feel to it, really. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to sort of go at it. The club's put together a program for us to follow that that should keep us in pretty good shape um, for when we start back up and have our mini preseason before we start playing. But um, yeah, it's it's weights at home and and running, you know, at the local park and and having a kick, which um which is all important. So. Uh, at times, it's been a little bit hard um, to get motivated, but yeah, most of the time, if you if you rock up and you've got your boots on and the footy, you sort of yeah, it comes out in you a little bit like that competitive nature, and you just want to stay fit. And um, you know, we we do goal kicking comps and kicking comps, and just keep it interesting. So it's it's been pretty good. But yeah, like I said, training with Nick Nats, it's like we train an open session every session. There's people walking past and taking photos, and um, yeah, it's all good fun, but. Yeah, a bit, bit hard to stay motivated at times. And, like, speaking about that motivation, what's the toughest, like, 
aspect of that? Um, I think it's just like probably we're starting to get a little bit more direction now on, on when we might be starting up again. And I think there's going to be some information started next week maybe about sort of where it's going to be and um, when it'll be. So that was probably like three or four weeks ago. We had no idea um, when it was sort of looking likely. So that's when it was a bit hard. It's like, oh, are we training for, you know, are we training now? But we're going to be starting in August and, um, you know, it, it should we be training now and stuff like that. So that was probably the hardest thing. So as, we, as we're getting closer and there's some, maybe some dates coming out soon that we, we can work towards, that's sort of building the levels up again. So that was probably the hardest thing, just not knowing what you're training for really was probably the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. And um, so played on a pretty good team, won a flag. West Coast has been within the top couple teams for years now. Uh, who are the best players you reckon you played with? Yeah, um, I, I instantly say Matt Prittis. Um, he he was huge, uh, great bloke, and just a, an absolute workhorse on the field. I think everyone sort of knows how he went about his footy. Um, and then obviously, you know, blokes like Sam Mitchell as well. Like having a year with Sam Mitchell was just awesome. Um, to be able to play with him and Andrew Petrie as well, just like legends of the game. Um, but yeah, like now, now in, in our current team, um, blokes like Luke Shuey and um, Nick Nat, Jeremy McGovern, Josh Kennedy, uh, all, all blokes that sort of, you know, they they were senior players when I got to the club, and now I've spent six pre seasons with them and been playing with them for a few years, and just to see how how they go about it and how consistent they are across that whole time I've been there. Um, that's just yeah. It, it's tough to be consistent, and that's that's probably where they stand out. Like those blokes, especially like Luke Shuey, probably the, the big one for me. Um, obviously, our current captain and Shannon Hearn, the ex captain, I probably left him out. Um, but yeah, Luke Shuey's a, a really good one. I think he, he's. I don't think he's underrated, but yeah, he's he's a weapon in the midfield. And obviously, they're the best players you've played with. Who's the hardest you played against? Um. Oh, the hardest probably, yeah, as a small defender, um, obviously I get to play on blokes a little bit more closely. Uh, Eddie Betts is really hard to play on. Um, very crafty with his running patterns and stuff like that. Obviously Cyril is just another beast. Um, he nutmegged me on the boundary line one day and I should have been paid a free kick against me because I strangled him so he wouldn't get past me. But, um, yeah, he's he's just an absolute weapon as well. and. Um, if I give you a third, um, those two stand out to me. But, yeah, there's oh, even like a Tom Papley is actually quite hard to play on as a, as a small forward. He's, he's, pretty, um, he's pretty gifted as well. So, yeah, the, small forwards are always hard to play on, but those blokes probably stand out, Cyril and Eddie especially. Yeah, and that, uh, that clip of you getting nutmegged, uh, me and Jacko found that on Facebook not too long ago. Um... Oh, well done, you fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty pretty amusing. I got to admit. And then the next day, Scott Lysette popped. Uh, not Scott Lysette. Charlie Dixon popped up, absolutely just pulverising into the ground. So yeah. Oh yeah, gee. Also, that one sent that to me not that long ago. Uh, yeah. What What do you reckon? Free kick or not against Cyril? Do I give away? I should. That should have been a free kick, surely. Well, I actually thought he kicked the goal, but yeah, obviously not. Yeah, no, it doesn't end that well for him. Like it just goes out of bounds. Right. And. But, yeah, speaking on uh, giving away free kicks, 
You've been reported a couple of times as well, are you? I've been, yeah, I've been, I've, yeah, I've been fined a few times, a couple of times. I think it's three thousand dollars you're up to, yeah. Yeah, someone's getting a nice holiday out of it, mate. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they don't, they don't miss much with the uh, with the angles, the uh, the cameraman. So obviously, you come across your fair share of gun plays in the league. Is there any like just rare units that you've you've come across? <laughs> Uh, what played with or against or any uh, either? Played with or against, yeah, it doesn't matter. Some rare units. Oh, it's there. I'm sure there are plenty of those. There's um, I'm trying to think of like blokes that are, are pretty chatty on the field. Um, Isaac Smith's always good on the field. Like he's he's got a bit to say. Um, Andrew Mackey, he had a bit to say. Um, we're more flavor. There's not, it's like unassuming blokes that you probably look at on TV and think. You know, Mr. Nice Guy and, and um, you know, shy and quiet and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, those blokes surprise me sometimes. Like, if I looked at Andrew Mackey, I think he probably is the nicest bloke. But I would think he would not say boo on the field, but um, very vocal um, out there. So, yeah, probably in our team at the moment, Will Schofield's probably the, the most, um, yeah, the most voicey, I suppose. <laughs> He's got yeah. some pretty brutal chat and... And he cops it too, which is which is funny. But yeah, he knows how to handle himself in a verbal joust. Yeah, and um, have you got a, a game that sticks in your mind that you've you've stood out yourself as an individual performance? Um, well, I've only ever crossed the thirty line once in an actual season game, and uh, that was against Frio. So that that was probably the yeah. I would love to hit thirty a few more times because I, I don't mind the getting a touch of the nurry, but. Um. Yeah, that that was probably the, the one time. Yeah, I've crossed thirty in five years of playing. So, um, that one sort of that felt a bit different to the others. Yeah, and you caught the umpy's eyes that game, didn't you? As well. I, I yeah, I got a couple of um of Charlies that day. Yeah, my two <laughs> um, first and only. Uh, yeah, to this current day. And uh, life outside of football. You obviously got the two dogs now. Yes, I got the two uh, the two diddlies. And uh, Blue was just the recent winner of the Simo Cup. Is that what it's called? Yep, yep. The um, the Stevie Simpson Cup. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. So where's that hanging? It's in the trophy room with the premiership medal, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's in front of that, mate. Um, no, that that was that. That's a good fun day, actually. The the club. Uh, I actually organised it this year, so there's a bit of controversy around. Um, Around why my dog won, but um, yeah, blue. We'll we'll go back next year and uh, defend the title. Yeah, well, you'll be in the one and the eight, I guess. Now with the two dogs. <laughs> yeah, geez, you'd have all money on me, I reckon. <laughs> Only the four and, um, issue, so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and the beautiful Lauren. How's she going? She's well, mate. Yep, she's um she's actually uh, currently working up north. I mean, WA. So she's um going away to yeah to find a new job uh, with obviously everything going on so credit to her she's um she's yeah bit the bullet and, and took off up there and um doing well for herself so yeah she's away at the moment so i'm i'm um yeah sort of uh homebound with, with the two yeah batching it with the two dogs and um yeah getting a bit bored and that's why the the console came out i guess yeah that yep yeah, that and you know you could probably I spent a couple of hours on there uh, with you boys, so um, 
yeah, I'm not taking away time from Lauren there if, if you're thinking that. So she's actually she's actually uh, exited the building. <laughs> so we got a couple questions come through the uh, Instagram page earlier on in the week. Fantastic. Um, got one saying, "How do you grow such a luscious moustache?" <laughs> Can I ask who from? <laughs> uh, I don't reckon you'll know him, Jack Tobin. Oh, yeah, no. he's a Bendigo boy. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I like him already then. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. He might have. Uh, yeah, it's not very luscious at all, but um, it's just time. It's it's, uh, it's just time. It's years of, uh, the, of time. Another one was, uh, what is your favourite spread? <laughs> spread on on like toast. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that from Vinny Ah, uh, That's from Super. Super Jalad. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Veggie Mite. That is my favourite. Favourite thing to say as well. And, uh, another one is How much longer do you reckon you'll have feathers for? How much longer will I have feathers for? Yeah. Feathers? Like, what are feathers? <laughs> I don't know. I've got no clue. <laughs> Feathers. Um, Luke, Luke said it, so that helps you out in any way. Luke Dullahay? Yeah. Feathers. Maybe I'm missing something. Is he talking about my hair? Yeah. I've got a mullet at the moment. I don't know if he means that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the, the feathers out of the... Well, you've, you've, gone, you've gone the uh, rude nut a couple of times. Nothing yeah, on top. Yeah. yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably go back to that soon. Start again. Um, uh, but, another yeah. one's who's the best cricketer in the family? <laughs> <laughs> uh, currently, my dad. Who's oh, he didn't have a very good cricket. game, did he? <laughs> uh, not in terms of runs. Yes, in terms of injury, no. <laughs> um, did a bicep tendon. Uh, playing his first shot and tore his groin, so went on to make a, a courageous twenty-eight though. Um, which was, yeah, monumental in the scheme yeah. of it. Yeah, I can imagine. He's a hard thought <laughs> knock, I reckon. It was very hard thought for a bloke that couldn't run. Um, he put and, in the uh, yards, though. Rounding up the question, uh, we got one more. Is Jackson Nelson single asking for a friend? <laughs> yes, very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Anyway, yeah. No, he's, um, so, I can throw you his number if, if they want it. Oh, yeah, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. i just say it on here. <laughs> yeah, don't say why not. Great. That's, my, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered everything that we, um, we wanted to and I think we'll, we'll let you go now, Liam. So thanks for coming on. Pleasure, fellas. Thank you for having me. Who's the, um, who's the next guest? May I ask? Uh, or is it a surprise? No, that'd be uh, still to come, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Still to come. Had everyone lined up. No one might, might, forget, anyway. might have to get Jackson Nelson on. Maybe. <laughs> ask him if he's single, I guess, yeah. The, yeah, the, the duo with Tommy Cole. Oh, that'd be, that'd be nasty. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no, nah, thanks, mate. Thanks, heaps. It's been a pleasure. Easy, boys. Thanks for having me. That was good fun. <laughs>